Welcome to Save, podcast where we capture conversations over coffee. I am Corey, and I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Amia. And today we have a special guest with us. We have Texas Famous, and uh, this is uh, her first time on the podcast, um, and we are excited to get to know her, learn more about how God has changed her life. Um, First, do you have a question lined up? I just want to say that I wish that we were live so we can have a poll of who people think that that name was trying to be. Um, if you can look down at your Spotify, <laughs> you will see a poll that you can uh, vote who we're trying to. Answer now. Yeah. Even though the real name is in the title. That's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, even though it's in the title, what's your name? Alexis. Thanks, Alexis. Yeah. Um. I was wondering, who is your favorite artist? Uh, like musically or... Art, art. Art, art, fart, art. Um, definitely Van Gogh. Uh, I don't know, I just like his impressionism style. And both of you looking at me very intently right now. <laughs> um, I'm going to school for art education, so honestly, like, it would be cool to be a professor and like teach a class about Van Gogh and... His style and also my theory that he is saved artist, one of the few, um, hmm. which I think is shown a lot through his like letters to his brother Theo and, and his uh, impressionism hmm. work and his thoughts on God through that work. We should have him on our podcast. Yeah. We should. And he's the guy w- without the ear, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting story. He probably didn't cut it off himself. Probably another artist named Paul Gauguin cut it off during a fencing fight. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. But fencing is just like a... I thought it wasn't even sharp. Yeah, I thought it was just like a stick. Well, Paul's was sharp and Van Gogh was drunk, <laughs> so there was a lot of strife over that. Interesting. Hmm. I mean, that would take a lot to uh, cut off your own ear. Yeah. I feel like... Um, could you do that? Me? Yeah. Um, I have no desire to cut off my ear. Yeah, I don't think anyone does, but... Um, if you, if I was like, I'll give you a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. If I can still hear, like, sure. I'm pretty sure Mia would just do it if you gave her, like, enough goldfish <laughs> or told her she could meet, like, a, I don't know, famous Bill Graham or something like that. That's funny. Well, he's dead, so. Just have, like, an ear hole. Would you cut off your ear? For the art? Yeah. What about the least amount of money I would have to offer you right now? 20 bucks. Okay. Literally, though. (laughs) No, I don't think I'd cut off my own ear. Uh, That's like Van Gogh's thing, you know? He can have that. He can have that. Although, I'm thinking about it now, and I said I would still be able to hear, but I probably wouldn't, because your ear, like, makes all the echoes of the noises, and so you can hear, right? Yeah, because we talk through, like, echolocation and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, really, I would actually just still be deaf in one ear, and that would be Uh, awful. You would still be able to hear, but you wouldn't be able to... um... It wouldn't be clear. You know how Diana hears things? <laughs> I'll still take the million dollars. Like, that's, that's pretty good. I would good. say, like, t- t- 25 mil. I'll cut it off. 25 that mil? That is so much money. I know. But, like, he just think of a million dollars. Like, I thought about this a million times. A million times. <laughs> um, so, if you were to divide that up into, like, time... A million dollars divided by 10, you know, that's a hundred grand a year, mm-hmm. which that's like mm. a really good job mm-hmm. for 10 years. That's fair. And so 25 million is would cover me for life mm-hmm. and hopefully get like a 3D printed ear. 
Ooh, prosthetic ear. Mm. You know they like uh, grow ears on the back of rats. You could get a rat ear. What? Yep, it's I'm down. genetically happened like a lot of times. There's just like a lot of rats running around with ears, I think. That like is a lab somewhere. Insane. That reminds me of us, the movie. That oh, I, just watched, I thought you were just like, it reminds me of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, we're like ears in rats. Stop. Red. <laughs> Rabbit. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah. you were going to school for art education. Mm-hmm. How long have you been into art? Um, since I was a kid, actually, I used to go with my great grandma uh, to this like weird church where they would serve us food. We'd just go like every week or so, and I would she'd give me a piece of paper and I would draw like the water fountain in the front of it. Um, so I don't know. Just ever since then, because she she was super encouraging, and all my family is very encouraging of. My art, which was sweet. Mm. Hmm. So you went to church with your grandma? Mm. Sometimes. It was more so just because she, like, didn't really have a lot of money, so we would go there just to, like, eat when she would babysit me. Um, But we did go to church a few times. Cornerstone out in uh, Green. I remember I would just go there, and we'd go to, like, a kid's corner and watch, like, Veggie Tales, but like the discount version. Mm. I don't know. We watched like one real Veggie Tales, and then the rest were just like weird. That's funny. But yeah, the church actually closed down like right before she died. Um, mm. But we, I think it's like reopened now, which is dope. Do you know why it closed down? Uh, not enough funding. A lot oh. of like older people who didn't have a lot of money went there, so like they just couldn't afford to keep it open. That's sad. Hmm. Were you really close with her? Yeah, I actually have a tattoo for her in her handwriting on, like, my back left arm. Uh, it says, Love Great Bob Cuts, from when she wrote me a note. Uh, it was real sweet. It was, like, a real simple, short, like, be humble, be kind, um, and love other people. She, like, stuck it to my door, and it was in the shape of a heart. Aww. We were, like, oh, that's little. cool. Yeah. That's How many really tattoos cute. you got? Mm, nine? I think nine now, yeah. Wow. They're all really dumb, except for that one. <laughs> Are you um, done or just starting? Oh, I want to look like a middle school kid's, like, sketchbook, you know? How mm-hmm. they covered all the front with, like, super S's and <laughs> shit like that. I, Can you get a yeah. full back tat of the S? <laughs> that um, for $25 million, dollars, yeah. Fair <laughs> <laughs> enough. No, I, my next tattoo, I'm going to save up for a while because I want to get the creation of Adam, but also uh, on the other side of my body where I decided to put it, the creation of Eve, which is, like, also in the Sistine Chapel, which I think is cool that's cool and how old are you i am 20 20 yeah same age that's up i thought you meant you guys i was like no Corey and i are the same age (laughs) i mean it's so old it was so ancient yeah i'm rotting away um so where were you uh where'd you go to school uh like elementary school and where you were you raised um, I went to school at Talmadge High School. Uh, it was just like a little sub part of Akron right next to Kent. Mm. Um, went there like my entire life. I pretty much knew every kid that started off in kindergarten up until I graduated. Um, it was a real like tiny class, I think. Pretty much everyone knew each other, which was dope. How many people did you graduate with? 120 maybe. Really? Um, For Talmadge? Maybe. I could be underestimating because I don't really remember. Um, I'd say I'd say 200 is max. Hmm. Yeah. That's pretty like, small. Uh, yeah, the whole school didn't have, like, a whole bunch of people. That's just crazy. It's me and you. 
because Hudson and Stowe is yeah. just like a thousand. Stowe is gross. Everything I've ever heard about Stowe. <laughs> Every time I've gone to Stowe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's change subject. <laughs> um, no Stowe. No Stowe has <laughs> plenty of gross things about it. But so you didn't. Your grandma. Did your grandma like go to church or just show up there? Um. Yeah. She went. Pretty much every Sunday. Um, I can't remember exactly what the denomination of the church was because I only went a few times when I was a kid. Um, but she was pretty devout. She, uh, at least in her later years, I don't mu- know much about when she was younger. It was all about God. Mm. And what about your parents? Um, not so much. I know uh, my stepdad, who I usually just call my dad, uh, he was raised Catholic, but he's not anymore. And then... I don't think my mom is too big on God. Uh, she doesn't really do with that kind of stuff. Hmm. Yeah. She yeah. definitely likes the morals behind Christianity. That's what I can say about hmm. about that. Is she agnostic? Um, no. I think she would consider herself a Christian, but it's not really like into the whole relationship with God part. Okay. And what was uh, your relationship like with um, your mom, dad, and stepdad? Um, very different growing up. Uh, like, it's changed a lot ever since I, like, found God, uh, which I'm very grateful for. But my mom and I definitely grew up, like, fighting a lot. Mm. Um, like, screaming matches Mm. when I was in, like, middle school, uh, late high school, just because I was a whiny kid. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, I've always loved my stepdad. He's an amazing dude. He, like, married my mom when she was pregnant with twins that like weren't his like he's always just been amazing um and then I didn't really spend a lot of time with my biological dad uh we would go see him for a while and then he went to jail for about eight or nine years Mm. um recently got out like four four or five years ago um and had a son who I've seen a few times yeah and you are the twin to clarify. Yes. That your mom was pregnant oh. with. Oh, yeah. yeah. My sister. I have a. I have an older brother, um, different dads, and then my twin sister, and then a younger brother who is now three and a half. Do you guys look alike? No, not at all. <laughs> really? There's, like, no point to being twins because <laughs> we just are completely opposite. I think you guys have some similarities in your face. I think that's a straight-up lie to the devil, <laughs> um, from the devil. Yeah. No, I think we look so different and are so different. And this is a real theory. It's probably really dumb. But because my mom made me the short hair twin, so I always had short hair. She had long hair. I don't know what that did to us mentally, but, like, <laughs> different people. Why were you so different, like, personality-wise? Um, she's, like, nursing, straight blonde hair, very, like, pretty social. I love her so much. Uh, she's very outgoing, like lets things roll off her back. And I'm like, not that at all. Hmm. Um, prefer like darker hair, artistic things. Um, I don't know. We just like grew up different. Yeah. Did you that, did that cause a lot of conflict when you were younger? Um, I think it didn't start off. Uh, we didn't like hate each other at first, but I think when you're a young female, you are already criticized a lot and compared to a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And when you're a twin, you guys are compared down to everything. Uh, mm. Like, people making, like, very inappropriate comments to, like, yeah. young children uh, just because, like, they're two young females. Mm-hmm. That's hard. No, but it was fun being a twin. Just, like, showing up, dressing the same, even though we didn't look the same, <laughs> convincing people that we were twins because no one believed us. Yeah, that's funny. 
Um, oh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I mean, it makes sense, and I believe because uh, Bethy and Sarah, Lancey and yeah. now Jorger and my mom, mm-hmm. um, wow. are the polar opposites. Yeah. Like, you couldn't convince me. Like, I had, mm-hmm. because I knew him at a young age, mm-hmm. like, of course I learned, but like, you couldn't convince anyone nowadays that they're. I mean, even their twins. hair is like completely. Yeah, I know that's yeah, what's crazy. It's wild. But their oldest sister, she Emily. and Sarah look so yeah. similar. So it's like, I always was just like, you guys messed something up. Like <laughs> you miscalculated what happened here. Like I don't know. There's a body switch at some point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, because that wigs me out. Because what if Isabel and I were switched, and like I'm Isabel, my twin, and she's me. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that is crazy. I wonder if that's ever happened. Switched at birth. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a movie about it. Wait, TV show? I don't know. Yeah, there's a thing, but it talks yeah. about it probably out there in the internet. On the internet. On the internet. <laughs> um, so, have you uh, uh, had contact with your dad, your biological dad? Uh, yeah, a little bit here and there. Uh, when he got out of prison, I didn't know like why he, when he got out. I didn't even know he was there for a long time. Hmm. Um, but I was actually showing, I think some people in ministry, like, oh yeah, here's a picture of my dad. Here's his Facebook. And I pulled up his Facebook and there was a child there that wasn't me. And I was like, who, who is this child? (laughs) So, you know, I called my grandpa and I was like, Hey, um, what? (laughs) And he was like, oh yeah, your dad's out of prison. And like, you got, you got a little brother. You want to see him? And I was like, it has been eight years, but like, why not? Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I went and saw him, uh, real weird. He had like tattoos of our names on our for- on his forearms. Uh, uh, it was weird. Definitely like don't talk to him much now. The last time I talked to him, I uh, told him I forgave him for all the things he did uh, when we were kids and like just the way things have transpired throughout our lives. But I gave him a Bible with a couple of uh, highlighted verses, just like you know, I forgive you because God forgave me, and you know, I hope you can see this and how my life is now. Because uh, he used to ask a lot of questions when we first started to become in contact again. Like, are you happy with your life? I'm so sorry for what happened. Like, a lot of weird, super intense questions for mm-hmm. someone that you don't really know. Um, so I thought, you know, I just would show him, like, why I forgave him and why, you know, like, I told him that I loved him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God loves me and I, I love God's creation, so I do mm-hmm. love him. But, yeah, I definitely set up a lot of boundaries in that relationship. Uh, like, I don't want him to contact me unless... You know, I'm contacting him, mm. uh, which he breaks a lot. So I have to like go back and be like, hey, don't do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's been a couple months since I've seen him. Uh, he sent me this crazy message the other day um, because I think he's going back to jail. Mm. Not totally sure. But yeah, the rela- relationship is still rocky. But I mean, God's working there and at least a little bit. And I've seen it. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah, it's, that's huge that you forgave him. How the Lord's mm-hmm. changed your heart. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, so with uh, growing up, what was your, what did you think of Jesus? Um, I didn't. Hmm. Literally don't think I ever thought about Jesus or God or anything other than like annoyed. Uh, just because I was like super into the culture of like, you know, I was like an artistic young kid. So <laughs> anytime Jesus came up, it was like, ah, yeah, fuck that. I don't care. Um, yeah, I just really didn't think about it at all. Hmm. When did you start to think about it? Because obviously you're here. 
Yeah, um, I think I started to actually think about Jesus when someone invited me out to hang out with their friends, and then it turned out to be a Bible study. Um, the old trick. <laughs> the old trick. Wouldn't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know why I stayed when I f- figured out it was a Bible study. I was like, oh, okay, I guess we're here now. Um, and I don't know, people like were very genuinely interested in the, the things that I was going through or the things I was talking about, and... You know, during that time, I was like a junior in high school. Um, I was going through like a lot of, you know, teenage emotions, thoughts, mm. feelings, uh, just like all those kinds of struggles. And just like talking to uh, Megan Smalley and, uh, hmm. you know, Katie Bayless, who like just kept asking questions. It was very sweet and uh, definitely kept me coming around because I was like, wow, these people like actually care. Hmm. Uh, which is something I was not used to because uh, I had like friends in school. But, like, we never had any, like, real conversations or I would, like, friend hop a lot, go Mm -hmm. to different groups if I was, like, annoyed at one, which is a very not good thing to do. Mm -hmm. Would not recommend. (laughs) Did you, with your friends in high school, did you ever, were you, like, running away if you got, if it got too deep and it got too personal? Oh, for sure. If, like, we did have, like, a real conversation, I was like, "Mm, they're probably going to be annoyed at my presence next week, so, like, I should go hang out with someone else to, like, let that simmer down. Hmm. Or, like, we got Hmm. a little bit too close there, not feeling it anymore. Um, It more so was, like, we got into a tiny argument, like, a tiny, stupid, insignificant thing, and I'd be like, I'd text them on Snapchat or something, and be Hmm. like, hey, uh, we shouldn't be friends anymore. I'll see you when I see you. Walk past them like I never knew them Hmm. in my life. So... What do you think uh, caused that to, like, kind of put up all these walls around you? Ooh, good question. Um, I'd say it definitely probably has to do with Kevin, even though I like to, or my uh, biological dad. I uh, never really thought that it impacted me that way until I grew up and, like, looked back on all the things in my life um, and the ways that I pushed people away because I just thought, like, oh, they're going to choose something else over me every time, like how uh, my biological dad, like, you know, chose drugs or chose something else. So I just, like, didn't want to get close to people because I didn't want to give them the option to hurt me. That Mm -hmm. was a big thing. Um, I think also a little bit with uh, having a twin, uh, I was like, I don't want anything to do with your life right now. I don't want you to be a part of mine. Like, if they were, if my friends started to become friends with her or vice versa, we would just, like, separate completely. Mm -hmm. And so when you showed up to Bible study or got tricked, um, (laughs) that was, uh, I'm assuming, college, correct? No, that was actually uh, my junior year in high school. Really? Yeah. I I went to a different school for a marketing program. Uh, I went to Camp Roosevelt for a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, And I met someone there who was coming around to the Cubed. Mm Mm-hmm. And... I don't know why I want to call it Word. I wasn't a part of Word, That's but you so guys funny. say it so much. I kept also I wanting to say that. that. Yeah, but I was like, nope, wrong time. Yeah, but uh, Cubed, she invited me out, and it was very cool. Yeah, just started coming around then. I think it was like three months until I got saved, three or four. Why? Because you had like said that you never had thought about Jesus, really, other than being annoyed. Yeah. So obviously mm-hmm. there is a shift and you felt loved and whatever, all these things. Mm-hmm. But what were the other factors you think that led you to that decision? Um, I think because I knew so little about Jesus and so little about like anything involving God or the Bible, everything that I was told was just like so overwhelmingly like true to me and so mm. interesting to hear because uh, I'd never heard any of it before. Mm. Um, 
And, like, the only opinion I really developed was, like, oh, my God, this is, like, so sick. This is so cool. Like, this dude died for me, which is just, like, you know, tying it back to the the biological dad thing. Like, Mm. someone dying for Mm. you, someone Mm. leaving you. So everything after that just, like, kept striking me and kept striking me. Um, But I was, like, a small, angry kid (laughs) still at that time. And uh, really the the teaching that got me saved, I can't remember who taught it, but it was during Christmas, and it was about a... It was about Jesus going into the tabernacles and, like, flipping tables over and yeah. being like, this is wrong. And I was like, I like that angry dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's so cool. Like, mm-hmm. that he's a real person, has real, like, emotions and feelings and, like, mm-hmm. does things that people would actually do in life. And, like, mm-hmm. I really, I don't know, I just love that. That yeah. is so cool. So I went up to Amia's bedroom, actually, and uh, saved on your bed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wasn't there. You were really? actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember walking down the stairs and everyone's staring at me because somehow by the time I <laughs> went up the stairs and came down, everyone had figured out what That's happened. That's so funny. Yeah. That's cool. When you said that, um, like everything just seemed so real to you or so connected or whatever, it reminds me of Hebrews 4.12, mm. which says for <laughs> on the spot, uh, for the, Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It joins the bone and marrow. And that's all I got. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing through bone and marrow, soul Mm. and spirit, and discerning the heart, the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I should have had that pulled up so I could say it correctly. But um, it reminds me of that because it's just really clear that, like, the principles of the Bible and the truths of the Bible and, like, the fact that there is a guy that died on the cross for you, like, it just makes sense that that is so Not just a book written for old people, but it's something that is, like, genuinely very convicting because it's real stuff and it's things that like apply to people a million years ago and also today and will continue to apply to people. So I think it's cool that that part of your story clearly affirms that. Yeah, I remember the first time I read the Bible with the person who brought me out, I was like, why Like, I, why do I understand this? Like, I thought it was all hmm. thee and thou and whatnot. Yeah. It like, wouldn't apply to me. Um, I don't know, it was just, like, so cool and so freeing to be like, wow, I can, like, understand this and it's so cool. Um, no, the verse, I just pulled it up because I'm so bad with memory verses, <laughs> um, that I just think of the most and... Uh, was like one of the main reasons that I, you know, wanted to have a relationship with God is uh, Romans three twenty three, uh, for all who have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Like that hits so hard. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Like we all are sinners, and we mm-hmm. all we're not perfect. And I'm so glad that we don't have to be perfect because if we did, I would definitely not be part of the kingdom of God. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. So when you woke up the next morning, were you like, boom, I'm a new person and everything with my family is awesome and great? Well, actually that night, I uh, I drove back to my parents' house and I remember going up to my mom and being mm-hmm. like, mom, I just did this thing. And <laughs> she like went back to bed because she was like, I don't know what that is. Like, <laughs> That's funny. Um, so I remember like feeling this like weird, like spiritual high of like, oh my gosh, all this warmth and like all of this like coolness. Mm-hmm. Um gotta stop saying the word cool <laughs> but uh no the next day I was like okay now what yeah. not in like a empty feeling of just like okay what can I do now with this yeah. this new life um and kind of immediately I had a burden to like 
be different around my family because um, my sister and I like did not get along at all like fist fights screaming hair pulling basically everything <laughs> um so like trying to learn how to have like a care and a burden for my family how to love my sister even though like Isabel I love you but you are the most difficult person to love <laughs> mm. siblings uh, yeah siblings it's usually the people you're closest to that are hardest to love anyway that's a fact yeah, Amia, you know that well. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but yeah, I definitely just wanted to learn what it was like to be a part of the kingdom of God. That's really cool. Did you have people that helped you learn those things? Yeah. Um, Katie Bayless was definitely like a huge help. Um, she just challenged me a lot in ways that I like never thought about because I never thought about Jesus before. Um she asked, like, the best questions ever. Uh, yeah. She's been my discipler for a long time now. And I always say, like, I would commit arson if she wasn't. Because <laughs> uh, she's been with me through, like, very, very, just a lot, a lot of craziness. I mean, she was there with me when I found out about my dad and all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just love her so much. And uh, originally, the first person who brought me out, she was also just very helpful in uh, learning about God and just, like, helping me to figure out who Jesus is. Yeah. You know, even if, though she's not a she's not around anymore, but she played such a big part in uh who I am now with Jesus and you know, I, I like appreciate her a lot for that. But you also were very helpful, Mia. Um like even after that when we were both going through like that crazy moment when they they had left. Mm-hmm. It was like, wow. You know, this friend that I kind of barely knew like stepped up and loved me, which is you know, why the body's so important and why, mm. why God's just so important. Yeah. So the, what I wanted to ask you is you grew up, especially through high school, it seems um, that you've adopted this, I'm going to put walls up and not get deep with anyone, mm-hmm. um, as a result of, you know, your relationship with your biological dad, where you just didn't want to get hurt anymore, so you push people away. Um, and... So I was curious when you first showed up to the Bible study and people started wanting to get to know you and get like get deeper, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. that was attracting to you for like the first time. And so why was that attracting you when you were used mm-hmm. to put up walls? It's a great question. Um there was just something so obviously different about it, um, which now I think is, you know, the Holy Spirit and mm. you know, God's pursuit, which Oh my God, he's been pursuing me my whole life, and it's mm. been so beautiful in the way he's that he has, and the way he's protected me um, from a lot of bad situations. But I think it was the way they asked the questions, um, the way they seemed genuinely interested in my life. Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people that I'd grown up with, you know, they ask you questions about your life, or they talk about something, and they use it against you mm. later on, or yeah. uh, throw it back in your face, or find some way to hurt you. Um, or the worst of it is they don't really care at all. Hmm. And that would be like the most heartbreaking to me, Mm -hmm. um, where I would open up to, you know, some of my friends about, you know, a little bit about what was going on at home or with my dad. And I would be met with like nothing but a blank stare or like no follow-up questions. Just like, oh, that's hard. Let's uh, move past that. Anyway, like let's go get drunk or let's go Hmm. do something stupid. Yeah. Um, to where like. Oh, especially Megan Smalley, like, I don't know if she just has this gifting or <laughs> what it is, but the way she asks 
people questions. Uh, she's so intense. Yeah. And she cares a lot about what your answers are. Mm. Uh, same with Katie. She like she will always follow up and she'll, you know, ask a million questions, see how you're actually doing, and mm-hmm. you know, challenge the way that you're feeling, which mm. I which I really, really just was drawn to. So being that you're um, more melancholy, I'm guessing. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guess. Um, you, at the same time that you were pushing people away because you didn't want them to get too deep with you. Mm-hmm. You probably had an urge to get deep with other people, though. Oh, yeah. And so how did that work out through your life? And was that like an internal conflict <laughs> with, with you? The duality of man, yeah. <laughs> of, uh, it's just internal fights. Um, I always felt like I had like one side of my brain arguing with the other. Of uh, I totally understand that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Mel, too, so I understand. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Love Mel's. It was just like, you shouldn't be saying this thing. You should be doing this thing. Shut up you're stupid, they don't care, shut up, to the other point of the brain being like, they care so much, go do this, go do this, like, you know, just let them in, see what happens, see what happens, be risky, and it's just like a lot of yelling, and you just mm. get exhausted at one point, um, yeah, I, uh, I always did crave those, like, deep relationships, but I would never really let them happen, so mm. I just was left feeling kind of sad, kind of depressed a lot of the times, I remember, uh, one time just, uh, sitting on the bus, after like the first day back to school and being like, this is going to be a lonely year because I had met up with my friends and I was like, I just genuinely don't care. Hmm. And I feel like they don't care. So hmm. we'll just see what happens. Surprisingly, also the year that I met the person who brought me out. So like, hmm. thank you, God. Yeah. But- and so how does uh, this urge to want to get deep? And I'm assuming that the Lord has been breaking down the walls and the barriers mm-hmm. that you put up with people. Um, how does that reflect in your prayer life now? Oh, my prayer life. <laughs> um, I feel like with God, I can be so honest because I know how much he cares about me and mm. I know that he wants to know me. Um, honestly, I found I think I found out about lamenting too early because <laughs> 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 I didn't fully understand Please explain it. that. That's <laughs> really funny. <laughs> um, because it was a lot of yelling at God and a lot of like, bare raw emotions like why did you make me this way why did you make me so anxious why did you do this with my family why is this happening i hate you so much what is wrong with you end of prayer um to where you know forget the part where i thank him and where i love him and where Mm. i appreciate the ways that he has worked in my life and the things that he's taught me through what i've gone through um so now my prayer life uh looks pretty different. It looks a lot like, you know, the bare, raw emotions. What was me? Why is this happening? Mm. Um, But following it up with like, oh my gosh, thank you so much that this person was here for me today. Thank you so much that I get to be there for them and that I get to love them, Um, that they're even in my life at all. And a lot of it is thank you for saving this person and thank you for saving me. Hmm. Yeah, that when I... I don't think you found out about lamenting too early. I'll say that. <laughs> um, because I think that's exactly what every young Christian needs is mm-hmm. to know that big. Now that you know your creator, all that stored up shit that you've yeah, been holding on yeah, to for yeah. however old you are, just go and release that on mm-hmm. uh, the guy who wants to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And I think that's pivotal for healing and growing and really understanding who God is because... Um, being a young Christian, like 
the best thing to understand about God is how gracious and merciful he is. Mm-hmm. So you can go yell at this man and curse him out and just fully vent every living thing that you have on your mind, and then you'll feel comforted. Oh, and yeah. It's just like, I don't understand this. Like, i just been yelling at you. But he's just like, I know. Like, he totally understands. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I, we didn't have a relationship before, so I understand that you're coming with me with the full impact. But yeah, as we grow, you know, it is it is good to learn. Be like, yeah, we still have this uh, full raw emotion that we go to, Matt. Mm-hmm. But it's like, Lord, but I do see where you're working, and I want to acknowledge just how amazing you are. And though I am so angry mm-hmm. at just life, I'm so grateful for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's beautiful to see that your prayer life is, you know, reflecting uh, your growth and uh, your emotions there. Thank you. I uh, I appreciate that. Definitely know, uh, know God created emotions, and mm-hmm. we have so many of them that we we can express. It's what we do with them that, you know, tips us to that sinful life, to a you know, righteous life where we are leaning on God. Mm-hmm. And I definitely fall over the other side <laughs> sometimes, but the times I get it right, the times that I do decide to lean on God, it always turns out so comforting and so beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, well, I, I want to open it up for discussion for all of us because Ooh. I think it's a cool topic of, mm-hmm. with prayer. How do you pray? Mm. I'll go first. <laughs> um, so... Um, well, I pray out loud, um, mm-hmm. like even by myself, um, I think it helps convince like my flesh, like mm-hmm. physically that God is here in the room mm-hmm. with me. And so I conversate with him as he's actually there. Um, and that really helps me bring him into like reality and relate with him as I would like my wife, mm-hmm. um, a super deep, intimate relationship. So that's how I pray. <clears throat> I think for me, it depends. And I mostly agree with that. Like if I had my way, I would probably just pray out loud whenever I wanted to pray. But um, like a lot of what I do for work is driving children around. And so it's like, that's a really good time because they don't want to talk to me. And <laughs> we don't always have the same interest in music. These kids that I'm watching now actually do, which is 10 out of 10. But in previous years, it's been like, we just kind of sit in silence. So that's a lot of time that I spend praying, but it's just in my head. But I feel like my prayer life is kind of just like, I have this moment and I'm going to pray. But then there's times when I'm like, oh my God, I just need to pray about this thing. And then it's like journal praying, Mm. which has been really helpful for me because I get so lost in my thoughts and I'm like 10 steps ahead of myself and also 10 steps backwards, like at all times. So it's just helpful to like have this physical thing of like, I'm writing this down, but then also like, I don't know, I would say like six months ago or something. No, February, whenever that was not six. Um, I started doing like a monthly prayer log kind of thing. And so I would write out like, here are the things that I, want to pray about for this month, like generally my goals of prayer. And then here's like for my specific friends, what I want to pray about them, pray for them this month and things like that. And recently I've been praying that the Lord would make me a woman of prayer because Mm -hmm. my dad told me that he prayed that when he was like my age and he's, I would describe him as a man of prayer. Um, So that's one of the things that I've like been recurringly praying about, but in my casual praying, it's just like, I'm just here and we're just talking and mm. whatever. 
Quick shout out to Todd. I uh, love when he prays. Me too. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's definitely considered a man of prayer in my book. Yeah. What about you? My prayer life, uh, it kind of depends on uh, where I'm at, what I'm doing. Um, most of the time, uh, like day-by-day prayer, I love to journal pray, um, just work through everything in my mind, um, kind of start off with what's going on right now, um, like emotionally, physically, like job stuff, mm-hmm. kind of the more self-focused uh, stuff, uh, just because I want to get all that out of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll start with like other people. Um, I made these cards a while back for all the people who I'm super close with in my life. And I uh, attach verses to them and I pray like over those verses for the people. Um, like for example, with the uh, Katie Bayless, I'll pray for like leadership verses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. God's word is like pretty powerful. So mm-hmm. use it to, to build people up. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Going through that, um, a lot of the times, though, I find myself praying, like, mid-conversations. Yeah. Um, like, Lord, please help me figure out what to say right now. How do I comfort this person? What do they need? Show me, show me, please. Because uh, I feel like I'm bad at that kind of stuff. Mm. And, uh, I mean, tried and true, the Holy Spirit always, like, comes into the conversation and helps you. Like, sometimes I literally feel like he's holding my hand and, like, yeah. go and hug this person. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of prayer during conversation. Um in the car when like worship music's on mm, worship music songs that I decide are about God. Even <laughs> songs. My mom's like that. <laughs> I just can't, I can't vibe with it as much as I should. Um, and I started doing this really corny thing lately because I'm an art person and I do dumb art stuff. Mm. I'm like learning the ukulele. So I'll, like pray while I'm nice. strumming it out. Just like think it's fun. That's yeah. cool. Shout out Paul Miller because mm, a praying life. Yeah, a praying, praying life, life oh, is yes. Pick on the ground. Sorry, it was distracting. Um, but praying life by Paul Miller is so good, and I read Indeed. it so long ago, like mm-hmm. when I was twelve, which was a minute ago for sure. But the principles in that book about prayer, I've remembered ever since then. And if you're wanting a way to like reinvigorate your or just invigorate in general your prayer life, that's very good. Has a lot of good tips and just like a good understanding of what prayer is and what it can be. Yeah. yeah. That book changed my life. Yeah. Same. I mean, when he was Same. praying to find his like daughter's contact and he found it, I was like, that's yep. insane that you can yep. talk to God, the creator, like our Lord, like right up there, that mm-hmm. big dude that he can find a small little, co- like, what is that? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Literally. I was talking about this the other day with my family. Cause his whole thing is just like pray about literally everything mm-hmm. and anything. And I think my, dad has modeled that very well for me, but it's like just the smallest of things. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I have to pee really bad. I pray there's a bathroom close to me. Boom. Bathroom close to me. Or sometimes not, but then maybe the Lord's trying to humble me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it's just like anything and everything we can talk to him about, which is crazy. Yeah. I, uh, I remember specifically when I was going through, um, some stuff and I really don't know what it was, but I was like, some sin that I was got brought up in my life mm-hmm. and I was As struggling. <laughs> so I remember going to this park and um, just sitting by this river and I opened up that book and started reading. And then it was just a couple chapters in, I think it's chapter two even, talking about childlike prayer. Yeah. And I finished that chapter. I'm like, all right. And I closed it. I'm like, Lord, I got a lot of stuff to talk to you about. <laughs> and then I just started talking to him out loud 
And then Amen. I think it was for one of the first times in my entire Christian walk that um, I heard God respond, which mm-hmm. was just like, I thought that was a joke. I thought people <laughs> were saying that like over-exaggerating like crazy. But no, like, I'm like, Lord, why am I struggling with pride? Like, why am I so prideful? And then he pinpointed it, like, clears day answer. I forget what it was, but like, it was so clear to me. And then it just shook me completely mm-hmm. shook me and i started crying i'm like oh my god you're you're there yeah mm-hmm. and you're listening to me bitch yeah and i was just astonished so yeah definitely shout out that book um please read it because mm-hmm. it clearly changed all of our this lives life-changing you um, said something uh yeah. cool childlike prayer mm-hmm. uh i've noticed how much in our relationship with god we are like children uh in the way that we go to him mm-hmm. and you know i always thought you had to be like this big tough like you know, standoffish, like, you know, he'll come to you mm-hmm. sort of person. But, like, the freeness and being able to, you know, almost be like a child and going mm-hmm. to your father is, like, so refreshing and so freeing. I just, I don't know. Something about that is mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Read the book. <laughs> For sure. Sponsored by. I'm sponsored by Paul Miller himself. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, you've told us a lot about your high school times and you're just beginnings of your relationship with the Lord. But then obviously you moved into the ministry departments yeah. and I mean, I was there cause you know, we sleep like two feet away from each other. My socks hit your face. Yeah. Yeah. But can you tell us a little bit more about what that transition was like? Yeah. Um, Oh my God. I was so excited to move out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love my parents so much and I love my family so much, but our relationship has just like catapulted like grown so much since I've left mm-hmm. um I don't know exactly why but it is sometimes just helpful to step back and have those boundaries also plug for the book boundaries um but it was cool I I mean you and I were both going through something pretty intense with uh one of our friends leaving and we got to like form a really close friendship over that yeah. and then we got to move up into this new ministry together which it's college ministry very different from like how it was in high school where I would just mm-hmm. go home every night to my parents and like feel the spiritual high and then spiritual low the second I got back and like mm-hmm. walked in the door. Yeah. So it was like so cool to just like every single night be like so invigorated and so exciting and get to know people that I just like didn't know at all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was hype about it. I just had so much fun. Um, and then, you know, the Lord brings stuff up and it's not so fun anymore. <laughs> and uh, you're like, oh, wow, I have to work on the fact that I'm like super cold or I'm super. Um, what's that word for when you like aren't pursuing people? Uh, ap- uh, <laughs> it's. Ap- Are you trying to say apathetic? Yep. Yeah, I'm super apathetic about everything. And you're like, wow, this isn't so fun anymore. And I'm being confronted with real things. Uh oh. I'm going to run away for a day or I'm going to go just like disappear. Um, Autonomous. Yes. Autonomous. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's that's good. We like that. Yeah. Your girl's hella autonomous. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah. So for the first six months I was like away from my family with all these people I loved and it was just like cool time. And then that six months was up and I was like, Oh, now things have to be real and Mm. things are actually happening. Um, I don't know. At the time, I definitely hated it. I was like, oh, my God, everyone hates me. This is so stupid. Like, you know, going back to that angry, you know, flesh kind of way. Mm. Um, 
But then, I don't know, you just get confronted with this stuff, and the Lord grows you, and you, you know, move on to new stuff that you're, mm. you have issues with. But, I don't know, I love living in the ministry apartments. I love college, home church, uh, getting to go on campus, meet people, talk to, like, everyone. Um, actually getting super deep relationships. Like, mm-hmm. you really don't know people until you live with them. That was a lot of thoughts at once. But to sum it up, I just like living in the ministry apartments a lot. <laughs> are you cleric, too? No. <laughs> I, cleric and flag are, like, pretty much up there. Yeah, because I was going to say that that's uh, amazing to me that how you just said, you know, the Lord brings stuff up, and then you deal with it, and you move on. <laughs> that just seems like hmm. a very functional appropriate way to move about things yeah but it seems like the last thing a male would think about that's a new development in my life actually yeah Um, (laughs) yeah no I used to get like super hammered down by things and I probably will in the future Mm. no doubt um you know fall into those like depressed episodes or runaway episodes again um but Caitlin McCallum love her so much uh she said this thing when something like really hard was happening in our apartments um about the waves that hit you as you're a Christian and about your life and how, you know, each wave that hits you, you know, God helps you to stand up and, you know, how quickly you stand up every time like shows growth. Mm. And I think lately I figured out how to, how to start standing up and, you know, Mm. reaching out for God's hand and not just pulling back in a way. So that's definitely a new development. Yeah. (laughs) Me being okay. Well, yeah, that's some serious maturity. Yeah. What has the Lord saved you from? What has the Lord saved me from? Oh, wow. Um, So much uh, that I'm sitting right now here right now as a male wanting to cry about just thinking about how much the Lord has like saved me in my life Um, with all the family stuff that I've I've gone through and it's still currently going through. He saved me from like all of the things that come up with that. I wish I had more words to describe Mm. that, but uh, loving family hurts. Loving people hurts a lot and letting people in is just like so painful uh, at least to me, sometimes it feels like I am like sticking needles in my skin, hmm. just trying to love people. And he saved me from uh, being totally alone, uh, being some autonomous person who goes through life without thinking, without caring about people. Um, and he's just, you know, really transformed me into someone who has compassion, uh, love for people, someone who has mercy um, and wants to be in people's lives and allows people to be in her life. Uh, he saved me from so many like crazy things mm. and uh it's just so beautiful the way you know he's pursued us our entire lives and he's going to continue to pursue us no matter what you know decision we make no matter where we are he just is you know he loves us eternally mm. can i unorthodoxly mm-hmm. ask you a, a different last question unorthodox be breaking a lot of rules but. yeah that is always our last question but um you shared about this at CT the other week, but you were saying that you have different names for mm-hmm. God, which is something we've talked about, obviously. Um, and what you just said about what the Lord has saved you from was very, very beautiful. But if you had to put just like one, like one characteristic of God or just one name that you would, I guess, refer to him as that sums those things up. Mm. You know, lately I've been using the same one uh, for a couple months because I can't think of anything other, uh, anything else that he is but a redeemer. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, yeah, that's he cool. is, he's yeah. redeemed so much in my life. Yeah. My family, my friendships, school, my relationship with him. He's a redeemer. Hmm. Yeah. 
It's very cool to hear your story. Um, obviously, I was there, um, and I know it because we're best friends. But it's just really cool to see, like, truly just how much the Lord has grown you in the past, I don't know, like, four years or something. Holy. Yeah. Like, but it's just so crazy, like, thinking about, like, every single, like, little step that you took, but seeing just how the Lord has just taken those things and your faith, and he's just multiplied it by so much, and you've become this really beautiful woman who allows people in your life, which is crazy, and you do that for the sake of other people and for the sake of other people getting to know the Lord and understanding him, which is really cool. And it's just, it's so beautiful to reflect on that, and I am excited to see how he continues to do that and completely does a makeover on your heart. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just from this conversation, because uh, I pretty much did not know you at all before this conversation, so it's always a pleasure. <laughs> um, it's clear to see how not just the Lord broke down all these uh, barriers that you had up. With a sledgehammer, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. with a sledgehammer, but he also rebuilt them up for other people. Yeah. And so he took your sensitivity, flipped it, and now you're sensitive for others. Facts. He took like you know your uh, insecurities and like wanting to stay... Uh, be autonomous. Mm-hmm. You took that and flipped it. Like you pursue other people and try to be deep with other people. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's taking everything and not just dismantling them, but flipping them for the benefit of others in his yeah. kingdom. And so that's really cool to see. Yeah. And uh, a really sweet testimony. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That last part for his kingdom. You know, if there's anything to work towards, it's uh, him and his kingdom. And mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful to be a part of it. To uh, to be best friends with Amia, who says such sweet things and who lets my socks fall on her face <laughs> at night and uh, allows me to love her and carry her burdens, and she, she carries mine as well. And that's just the beauty of being in the body, being in Christ, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last thing I have to say is a plug for saying yes to the Lord because mm-hmm. when you do so and you allow him to, like, flip all of the fleshly parts of you, like you were saying, Corey... It's just, it's so redemptive. It's, it really is. It's super beautiful that like all of these gross parts of us that we hate, that we're like, oh my God, that's awful. Like if you say yes to the Lord and you follow him and you trust him, he will turn those into beautiful things. That's what he does. 